The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So you can see those of you online that I've just pasted the refuges and precepts that we've been chanting at the beginning of our classes. Tonight being week eight, our last class, people in the room here, you might remember if you need the refuges and precepts. They're on page maybe 35. Maybe correct me. Is that right? Okay, thanks. reflect on this first precept, this first training, what it might look like in our lives. And now the second of the five precepts. Adina dana where amadi sikapadansa mariyami. I undertake the training to refrain from taking that which is not given. Kame su mitchachara, where amini sikapadansa mariami. 
I undertake the training to refrain from causing harm through sexual misconduct. Musawada Wehamili Sika Padam Samariami. I undertake the training to refrain from false and harmful speech. And now the fifth. Sura Maryam Aja Pamaratana, where Amani Sikapadansa Mariami. I undertake the training to refrain from the misuse of intoxicants. With this closing phrase, Idam me silang magapalanyana sa pachayo hotu. May my conduct lead to attainment of the deepest fruits of liberation. Subtle end a comfortable posture for the meditation time. And I thought it might be helpful to begin our sitting time with this reflection. It's a simile I think it does go back to the time of the Buddha, but it for sure has been a teaching story for a long time. And the image is of a horse that pulls a chariot and how some of those horses, not being that well trained, the charioteer really needs to whip them to get them to do what they need to do go fast, to slow down, to go this way or that way. And other horses kind of get the way it all works. And the driver doesn't need to really use the whip very much. Maybe just a subtle sound from the driver and the horse gets, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. And some horses are in between a lighter whip, or even the crack of the whip close to the body of the horse, but not actually hitting the horse, gets the horse's attention. And I know it's a bit of a provocative image, the way animals are treated. But the, the way this story, the simile is used is what kind of horse are we? in terms of the lessons, the lessons of cause and effect that life delivers to us, 
Do we need to be really beaten down before we make appropriate changes in our lives? Or are we picking up even the most subtle cues from cause and effect and realizing, oh, this isn't helping anybody, it should be abandoned, I, am, I have abandoned this tendency. I feel the impulse, but the heart knows better because it understands cause and effect. It doesn't believe that promise, if you do this, you'll be really happy in some meaningful way. Because it's observed cause and effect, it learned, oh yeah, that doesn't help ignoring this voice of conscience. I'm not going to ignore it anymore. Maybe it knows what it's talking about when it says, well, you don't need to do this. It won't be helpful if you do that. So given that we are one kind of a horse or another and not always the same kind of horse, Probably everybody has been that horse that really needed to hurt before we started to pay attention, really needed to fall into a difficult space before we became reflective. And in that way, in a funny way, we can be grateful for the suffering because it can point out that we need to make different choices can wake us up sometimes depending on the kind of horse we are. So let's begin now with some forgiveness practice and mostly just forgiving ourselves. You know, each of us in our own way are relatively dense in terms of learning the lessons from nature, from the conditional cause and effect nature of our lives. Having, needing sometimes to make the same mistake many times. So we begin by remembering the very simple truth that it isn't easy being a human being and it isn't easy having a conditioned or habit-bound mind, all these impulses and tendencies to think particular ways and perceive particular ways and act in particular ways. I care about this life and I care enough to forgive myself for all the mistakes all the little and all the bigger ways that I've caused myself and others harm as best I can I forgive myself for the harm that I've caused and may all these choices that have set in motion my own suffering and the suffering of others, may they become good lessons 
heartfelt, literally heartfelt lessons. So we transform the unpleasantness of guilt and regret into this moral sensitivity, this vibrant conscience that knows when we're in the vicinity of setting in motion more suffering for ourselves and others. So this is the pledge, really. We forgive ourselves, but we recommit. We make the resolve to learn from any of the smaller or bigger mistakes that we've made in our lives, times when our thoughts, our words, and actions have caused us pain. And you might even want to bring one or more of these situations let your heart distill the learning and just making, clarifying the resolve to pay attention when a similar situation arises to not do the same thing and to be appreciative that the heart has the sensitivity that it didn't have before Take some time reflecting in this way. We'll do maybe five minutes of silence so you can bring a few of these scenarios to mind.
as best I can. I forgive myself for any mistakes. Knowing that it isn't easy being a human being. And I really vow, make a strong resolve to learn, to turn any regret, any guilt, any yucky feeling into this really helpful voice or voice of conscience or moral sensitivity. I want to feel what life has taught me as a kind of moral sensitivity, knowing the difference between what's helpful, what's skillful, and what's not skillful as I live this life. And you can continue with this forgiveness reflection as long as you like, bringing different scenarios from the past to mind, feeling the regret that's there, and resolving to turn that regret into the service of this moral sensitivity. So that in a sense, we're gonna feel our way through our lives with the sensitivity that comes from all the past moments, having learned our lessons, having made mistakes, having forgiven ourselves. But forgiving doesn't mean we forget what we've learned. It's only this way that we learn to be unafraid in life because we trust the morally sensitive heart knows how to feel its way. May not always be crystal clear about how to handle a situation, but we know if we hang in, if we pause, if we keep feeling in, we're likely to find our way, avoiding the harm that can be avoided. So for the rest of the sit, continue with the forgiveness reflection or just appreciating the sensitivity, clarity, and especially tonight, discussing the fifth precept around intoxicants, just seeing if you can directly appreciate the sensitivity and clarity that's available, the mind that really feels, sees, can know clearly the way it is. Why would we want to diminish this clarity or sensitivity. But first we need to really appreciate it in order to protect it. So we'll continue in silence now for about 10 minutes.
it's just interesting to observe the mind getting lost in thought. And then that, when you notice that distraction, that's the time to, in a gentle way, just to clarify the values we have. Can we find that actual valuing of present moment awareness, that clarity, that stability of awareness? So it's not that we're shaming ourselves for being distracted. Instead, we're just remembering that we just prefer that stability of present moment awareness, no matter how juicy the distractions might be, and they certainly can be, right? But just see if we can actually prefer the stability, simplicity, clarity of present moment awareness. because it allows for this moral sensitivity. We can't really be morally sensitive if we're not present. Feeling our way through life, moment by moment, even these simple moments during sitting time. We're just gonna sit for another few minutes sensitivity really arises from a wisdom that knows that everything matters. Even something as seemingly simple as what the mind is doing right now, it matters. That's what moral sensitivity reveals. There is nothing that doesn't matter. Everything matters how the mind is right now, how it's relating, what it's doing, it all matters. And we won't know how to find our way unless we're willing to be sensitive. And if we're sensitive, we sense the skillfulness or the unskillfulness of how the mind's relating, what the mind is doing. And this is what I mean by saying we feel our way through. 
So in that way, our sitting time, if we sit in the morning, for example, we're just creating a more simple environment to practice feeling our way through one moment at a time and better discerning what's helpful, what's skillful, what's unhelpful. And then that can be a real inspiration for how we live our lives in that sensitive, receptive, gentle way so we can continue to be feeling our way through, even during the busier times. while we're talking, while we're listening. So when you feel ready, if your eyes aren't already open, let them open and begin to make adjustments. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.